was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring because they'd all eaten way too much and nobody felt like doing anything. Put your hand up if you never overeat over Christmas. Remember, if you lie, you will end up on Santa's naughty list. I thought so. There's not many of you putting your hands up. Anyway, it may be the season to be jolly, but it's apparently also the season to be a little bit of a pig. So, purely in the interests of science and journalism, we decided to do a bit of an experiment with our colleagues at the Sunday Star Times to work out the best way to pig out, but only have one plate of food so you can defend yourself if Auntie Margaret decides she's going to fat shame you at the Christmas table. We went to Sky City's Fortuna Buffet with the goal to pack as much food onto a single plate as we could and work out what the best strategy is for doing so. I'm John O'Williams, this is Stuff Explained, and here's how to stack your plate at a buffet. We got to Fortuna just before opening time, which was great because it meant we had a run at the buffet before anybody else did. We also had a chance to chat to head chef Jesper, and turns out he's not just a pro at building a buffet. It's very important because I am Swedish, and we do buffet very, very well. So this has been something that I've been kind of practicing every year for my whole lifetime. And I'd say you want to start with the lean meats first. If you have turkey, you start with the turkey. That's not going to fill you up as much. Don't go for the gratins. Don't go for the mashed potatoes. That is, uh, that's just going to fill your belly. So if you really want to taste everything, start with the lean meats first. The seafood is easy to get down. That's not going to fill you up as much. It's when you start going to those carbs, the potatoes, that, 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 that's when you're going to feel that, oh my goodness, I'm eating a little bit too much. Advice I followed from the outset. And I'm going in for some lean meat first because I feel like if anyone's going to know the best strategy, it's going to be the man who cooked it. And advice senior data journalist Kate Newton pretty much disregarded. Going for the rice because I have plans to uh, take on some of those curries in a second. It was all about value for podcast producer Jen Black who likes to remind us at every opportunity that she's fresh out of uni. My strategy is um, I've been very used to being a poor student, so I just get as much meat as I can um, because I don't eat meat unless it's, like, essential. Sunday Star Times news director Craig Hoyle had something else in his sights. Fatty pork hock because it looks good and I can't stop myself. I'm going to find some greens to put on my plate as well, just... Quite a few <laughs> it quickly became clear there were two people who nailed the assignment. Digital producer Daniel Fraser, who took a scientific approach. Flat things at the bottom, and then I just piled up things that would go like in the crevices at the top. It's physics. And the overall champion, Potiaki reporter Ida Tang, whose stacked plate left us all feeling a little bit ashamed at our efforts. Here's how she did it. Large, solid things at the bottom so that there's a strong foundation. Um, and I've just topped it up with veggies so it looks looks healthy. Fun fact, Ida's mum is a nutritionist, so perhaps a veneer of health is just what she needed to stay popular at home. But speaking of actual nutrition, we thought we needed someone to tell us what we should have been going for if we'd been caring about our health at all. So, with that... Nutritionist Claire Turnbull, welcome to Stuff Explained. Hello. Hello, nice to see you. It's great to see you too. So, buffets. You learn a lot about a person at a buffet, don't you? <laughs> you really do. Like, people's childhood experiences with food really do come out. Those that had to fend themselves against, you know, five or six brothers and sisters are the ones that you can identify pretty quickly. They yeah. just can't control themselves. The other thing you, you we talked about this at the buffet when we were recording was about the politeness that some people feel like they have to finish everything on their plate because 
if you don't, it's like an insult to the chef. Surely that yeah. leads to us all eating way too much. Because totally. I mean, people, the whole buffet situation or when when free food is available is nothing to do with the nutrition or the food. It's all about either not wanting to waste things because you've been told as a child that that is a terrible thing to do and there, there are children starving in other parts of the world or financial. So the other thing for a lot of people is that they feel, particularly now, you know, this is wasting food. So um, I need to kind of make sure that I'm getting my value for money. So none of the choices are anything to do with often things, you know, you eat more than you'd even want to in a normal circumstance. It's just the fact that you feel like you kind of should for all of those psychological reasons. Yeah. And so if we put this in a Christmas context where, let's face it, lots of people have lots of food around at Christmas. Yeah. You know, I know if I go home and see my mum and dad, there will be just 19 different kinds of whatever in the fridge. <laughs> and it's great. Love it. But also... We don't need. We don't need all that food. We we really really don't. How would you approach a big meal like that? What would you kind of go for? You know, what, what's your order of getting things on your plate in, in a big kind of feed? Probably the to- totally different to, to normal um, everybody else, but it's the vegetables and the salads first. You know, at, at the end of the day, what you've got to think out is the end game. At the end, you're probably going to feel sick and, um, you know, like lying down and not go to the toilet for a couple of days because you've completely overeaten. So even though it feels exciting to eat all the, you know, get three sausages rather than one and to load up on all the creamy salads and, you know, extra cheesy stuff, um, it doesn't make you feel very good. So, yeah, definitely I go for veggies first then I'd go for lean meat um, next and then a little bit of the, the starchy, carby, pastry type thing. So um, we eat with our eyes, which sounds kind of weird, but essentially the size of your plate completely dictates how much you end up eating. So if, and that perception of we need to um, finish everything that's on our plate. So if there are smaller plates, often everyone gets like all their crockery out of Christmas and there's like random size plates. If there's an opportunity, uh, you choose a smaller plate to start with. And then, then you've actually got, you have to consciously go back and decide whether you want something else to eat. Should you eat slowly? Does that help you kind of, you know, absorb what's what you're doing to your body and kind of get a bit of, bit of grasp really on on what you're eating and how much you're eating and whether you do want more afterwards. Should you just kind of slow it all down a little bit and, and take a chill pill? Yeah, 100%. So when you're you, the, the message to tell your brain that you have actually had enough food is, is twofold. One, it's the stretching of your stomach that takes around that kind of 20 minutes that we've heard before. But also it's the chewing process. So... When you are literally like inhaling food and it's just going straight from your mouth, you know, into your stomach and it's kind of almost bypassing your teeth, which is the problem with a lot of the softer type foods and why you can eat an extraordinarily large slice of pav because, right, like you don't have to chew it that much. It just melts. (laughs) You breathe on it and it's gone. Yeah, and this is one of the challenges with not not just food at Christmas but food all the time is the fact that so much of the food that we have today we don't actually have to chew. So what that means is that our brain doesn't get the message to stop eating. So we are surrounded by all this food. Anything you can do to slow yourself down is a good thing, which is why having some more kind of vegetable foods, you have to force yourself to chew position is everything also on the day so if you're sitting and eating right next to the table of food then you're much more likely to pick and nibble you know get the extra sausage pick up the extra sausage roll so if you're you know if you're a person that actually wants to try and eat a little bit better over Christmas and not get that horrible feeling in January where you've overeaten the whole time then just sit somewhere else a further away from the table then you have to consciously decide to break away from your conversation stand up and then go to the table again and that in itself is enough to 
help you eat a little bit less because so much of our eating is subconscious. This is the key thing. We don't make all the decisions we make about food um, with our our brains all thinking, right? Often it's just habit and we just pick things up because they're there. How much of a role does alcohol play in that? Because I know a lot of people, they might have a mimosa for Christmas breakfast. There's probably a couple of glasses of bubbles with lunch. Yes. You know, if you're anything like my mum, it's a glass of Bailey's poured over some ice cream for a bit of dessert. Yes. That's a time in itself. But <laughs> when you've had a couple of drinks, I guess your decision making is probably a little bit uh, reduced, should we say? It, it absolutely is. So, so there's twofold to that. So al- alcohol increases your appetite. So again, that the part of your brain which says I need to eat or I need to stop eating doesn't function as well when you've had alcohol. And then alcohol compromises the grey matter, the front part of your brain, which is the part that um, allows you to make rational and reasonable decisions, which is why you know, drinking and driving is not a good idea. But that's also why, you know, any decisions that you make around food, your willpower goes out the window, essentially. Um, and to be honest, it's pretty low for most people to start with. So <laughs> it's just being aware of that. It's not about not having a good time and not eating, you know, the food that you want to. But the thing I see all the time is is regret, feeling disgusting, you know, lying down, feeling like, why did I do that? And it's really because we have what's called a present bias. So in, in psychology terms, we find things that are in the moment much more exciting and we act on those than the repercussions the next day. Right. But even just being aware that your brain doesn't give two monkeys about what tomorrow is going to do kind of puts you in the driving seat. because You're like, you know what? I'm only wanting this because my brain thinks that I might die tomorrow. And you're not going to. It's just that your brain is encouraging you to make the most of the occasion. Because it's from a physiological point of view, it's not how we were designed to live. We were not, food never used to be around all the time. So when in an occasion like that, back in our kind of prehistoric days, um, it would have been a, you know, let's do this because we might not eat for a week. But the next day, there's pav left in the fridge, right? There's Turkey sandwiches. There's <laughs> Another mimosa. Exactly. It is all gone. <laughs> oh, dear. How much damage do you do to your body when you eat a plate with five bajillion calories on it? <laughs> you know what? Like, it, it is only temporary. The biggest thing is that you probably like to get extremely constipated and feel sick. Um, you know, the calories in one meal, there's only so many calories someone can physically consume in one meal. It's more the, the issue of the fact that over Christmas it's starting, you know, it's the whole way through December and then it kind of carries on in that early January because you tell yourself it's the first and then you hung over on the first and then you kind of decide that it's the fifth or the sixth, right? And then it's the day I'm going back to work, which yeah. is like the ninth or something. And you're like, oh, that's a real start of the year. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So I think the thing is, it's really not that one meal that's going to that's gonna make people feel rubbish, um, you know, when we get to the new year. It's, it's all of those occasions because there's so many of them for a lot of people. It's not just one day. Um, and, and that's the real issue. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's just remembering that a lot of the reasons that you will feel like you want to eat more than you normally do is because often for a lot of people during the year, they're restricting themselves and telling themselves they can't eat this and they can't eat that. And then it's like this, almost this license. It's like, come on, it's Christmas. Everyone can just like overdo it. And then you do. And actually there is a cost to it. There's a cost in how you feel mm. and it might not be a financial cost but it is there is someone has to pay <laughs> the money somewhere and you sitting on the couch being like I just feel gross and the the 
glory and the fun was very temporary. So, um, but understanding that it's your body just wanting the fun and the thrill and chasing all your childhood memories of you, you know, stealing chocolates, you know, and eating too many before lunch and stuff, which is what I did. I used to, you know, hide in the cupboard and eat chocolates. And then my mum and dad are like, do you want any lunch? I'm like, nah, I'm just like eating three Mars bars. I'm <laughs> Why would I want actual lunch when I can have chocolate? What are you doing? Exactly. I, that was totally, my childhood Christmas was exactly like that. Nice. <laughs> do you think there's an element of, you mentioned, it, you know, restricting throughout the year and then kind of blowing out at Christmas. Do you think people maybe just need to chill out a little bit during the year, eat well, but give themselves a little bit more kind of license to enjoy some treats throughout the year and then carry that same behavior through Christmas. So eat well when you're in control of the food that's in front of you. And then if you are going to Auntie Margaret's for dinner, you can be like, well, I can have the three bits of pav because I've eaten a really, really healthy breakfast and I've had a light salad for lunch and everyone just needs to calm down a little bit more. Completely. Well, a lot of it is to do with the diet culture, which is all around um, restriction, you know, and and there's so many different ways of patterns of eating. There's the keto, there's the boundaries around the low carb and all these different things, which for some people, you know, can give them some structure, but it's also that restrictive mindset that food is good and bad. And then it comes this time of year and it's like, well, all that stuff that I normally do doesn't matter anymore. Um, And we have so many people that have really challenging relationships with food all of the time and they go on these kind of restrictive patterns and then it all kind of falls apart at Christmas. It's not a healthy way to live. Like We're not designed to live on or off diets. When you look at people who live the longest, healthiest, happiest lives in the world, right, they don't, there isn't, they're not following diets. We Areas in Japan, parts of um, the Mediterranean, like there's all sorts of, there's, there's kind of um, some key areas. They're not on diets. They eat whole food. They sit down with their families. They don't snack. They um, chew. They don't have, they don't rush around mindlessly eating. None of them are doing keto. They don't need to because food is respected in their culture and it is part of um, eating as part of their kind of experience. Like in France, my brother lives in France, right? And um, I've spent a lot of time in France as a child and you can't buy food in the afternoon. Like if you miss the lunchtime window, you then, there's no opportunity to eat until dinner. Dinner is at eight o'clock. Like you just, everybody eats at eight. Lunch is like at a set time. But you don't find people snacking and nibbling around. So they don't need all these kind of crazy diet rules and restrictions and stuff because food is something that they that is a positive part of their their culture. And um, and they eat. They drink a little bit of wine. They they eat cheese and meats and, you know, whatever else. They But they don't need that restriction because they're not doing what we do over here, which is just, you know, foods available everywhere. I was in like the um, uh, petrol station the other day and I saw, you know, the Uber Eats thing kind of coming in and people ordering, you know, soft drinks and just stuff at whatever time they have to know. I was like, oh my God, it's just the problem that we have here is access. Mm. That's the biggest challenge that we have of food. It's too easy to access food. And then you add the Christmas into it and food is everywhere. And it's how we celebrate, right? That's part of the challenge. It really is. Uh, what's your Christmas treat? What's going to be the big treat on your Christmas table this uh, year? It's going to be pav. Like, I love a good pav. My mum, yeah, um, my mum and dad used to live in New Zealand and they kind of took the tradition of the pav um, back home. So you can't beat a pav. Proper cream, lots of strawberries. Mm. Mm. Have you tried Nigella's lemon pav? No, lemon oh, curd? Yeah, so. Oh, oh my goodness, I love lemon curd. That's it, I'm in, I'm done. Thank you so much for coming in, Claire. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Jono Williams, and on behalf of producer Philip Atolli, thanks for listening. 
Our thanks also to Sky City for the meal at Fortuna Buffet. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz and make sure to like and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Happy holidays and happy Hunger Games. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. That, that, I think Chris, that, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing a fair there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.